0: Plus. Hello,
2: welcome into another michigan football post-game show here on maize and brew michigan gets a 10-3 win over iowa in another big 10 bar fight type of game uh big game for michigan obviously it was a top 20 matchup iowa came to the big house ranked number 14 in the country and as is usually tradition i'm sure that uh now that Michigan did win a game of this ilk, it will no longer become a big game, and it kind of already feels like people are backing down from this being a big game because, let's be honest, Michigan's offense was not good, and it's one of those wins where you've, you're we should feel pretty good that you just won a game over a top 15 team, but then we go into the week with a new set of questions, and, and a game this week that you should win now. when uh, You go to Illinois next week before the trip to Penn State, but... I understand the pessimism. I understand the frustrations with the offense five, six weeks into the year. Um, you know, these we knew in this game that points were going to be hard to come by. And before I bring in Trevor Woods, uh, my co-host here on our postgame edition, as we are live uh, high above Michigan Stadium right now. Uh, that said, a win is a win. There were a ton of positives to take out of it. There's really only one or two major negatives, but they are major negatives, and something that I think I don't know how it gets fixed from here on out. Um, those negatives to me kind of hang over them like a black cloud as we head into these final seven games of the year, with you know, four of them being against four of the uh, best teams in college football. So uh, with that said, we'll now bring in Trevor Woods. Uh, Trevor, how, how's everything going today? How you feeling? What are your initial takeaways here?
3: Well, my initial takeaways: I'm trying to balance, like you said, coming into this game, people are calling it a big game. Joel Klatt even said it's the defining game of the Jim Harbaugh era, and if he loses, it would be indefensible. Well, if it was that significant of a game, Michigan just won a huge game then. Uh, obviously, the offensive performance has a lot to be desired when an offense scores just one touchdown and 267 yards of total offense. Uh, but what I'm also trying to factor in is this. Iowa is a good team. This is the best team was faced this year in Michigan, but still, Iowa coming into today was the number five total defense, 29th total offense. They were number one in the nation in the red zone. Scoring defense was third. So a lot of metrics, Iowa – Look like a top tier team, even number one in third down conversion percentage. But still, I'm trying to balance the okay, well, it was a good opponent, but still, no matter what, you got to score more than seven points on offense. You got to total more than 300 yards on offense, and you can't be going three of 13
2: on third down. Yeah, what I think a lot of people can live with is that if you win a game like this, and the last thing I want to do is because this is something that people. Have said that I'm guilty of in the past being over dramatic or harping on too many negatives after a win. This is a very good win um, in terms of where it ranks in terms of the wins in the Harbaugh era. I'm not ready to rank that yet. Uh, it's a good win and one that honestly, if your defense doesn't force whatever it was three or four turnovers on the day, you're probably you probably lose this game. Like let's just let's just call it what it is. So this is a good win. Defense stepped up. Um, you know before we. I think that, yeah, we're going to talk about the negatives a little bit more because I think the negatives are a little more interesting to talk about. But, I mean, I'll go through the positives here, just some odds and ends takeaways before we get into the meat and potatoes stuff. Incredible defensive performance first and foremost. Masterful is what Jim Harbaugh called it. Um, You know, raise a glass, tip your hat to Don Brown after, you know, this is you said to me last week that I was kind of uh, a diet Wisconsin or Wisconsin light I think was the way that you put it. you know, Don Brown's team got punched in the mouth at Wisconsin a few weeks ago, and this effort was a complete 180. They were they were physical, they were disciplined, they they forced turnovers um, against, you know, a similar team. Uh, I'm not say I, I don't know if Wisconsin's better than Iowa. They'll play at some point, so we'll find out who was the better team. Um, but you basically made Nate Stanley, who's one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, look like, what they did to Artur Sikowski last week. Sacked him eight times in the day. They had 13 tackles for loss. Those are highs from, um, I think uh, Dave Abeloff told us, it was the highest tackle for loss day they had since the Nebraska game last year. It was the highest sack game they had since the 2016 game at Ohio State. Uh, Kui was awesome, and he got hurt. Uh, Daxton Hill continues to play well. Cam McGrone is ascending. You, know, you could pretty much go through every single guy in that defense, even everyone's favorite little punching bag this week, Jordan Glasgow. Every guy in that defense played well and came to play. And this is, to me, this is an effort absolute that you can 100% build off of.
3: Oh, I completely agree. I mean, as you said, Harbaugh called it a defensive masterpiece. He mentioned that Don Brown said he might have to jump off a tall building if some of the isolation plays work today. Well, guess what? They didn't. Uh, Only allowed one yard rushing when you factor in how many times Nate Stanley got sacked. Minus 65 yards rushing from Nate Stanley today when you factor the sacks. He turned the ball over three times, three picks from top to bottom, from D-line, linebackers in the secondary. Absolutely lights out performance. You can nitpick a play here or there, but they continue to buckle down. They were put in less than advantageous situations throughout the day. Michigan's offense was not clicking, moving the chains enough, certainly not getting enough third down conversions. And then Will Hart, who I find to be a great punter and NFL-caliber punter, uh, wasn't putting the ball in ideal field position today. So that made it tough sledding for Michigan's defense. From whistle to whistle, start to finish, they had to have a dominating game today, and they did it. Uh, It was impressive. This is a top-30 offense they faced. So it wasn't a Rutgers offense. So I don't want to be hearing from fans this week, say whatever the heck you want, but this is a good offense. This is not a Rutgers offense. So we we cannot diminish this defensive performance. Uh, There are so many standout players today. And it truly was a collective effort. When you look at the tackles for losses, the eight sacks, all the pass breakups, quarterback hits, interceptions, great game plan, and great execution.
2: Yeah, and the the contributions that don't really show up in the box score. I mean, the Mike, hustle, the effort. The hustle, the effort. Mike D'Antuono Carlo Kemp only had three tackles combined on the day, but um, that was the two, the best defensive tackle duo performance we've seen out of michigan this year and and maybe quite frankly you know maybe even going back to last year a little bit so those guys were up to the challenge um you know they didn't wilt in a in a physical football game even the offensive line i think did a really nice job um it doesn't show up on the box score because the run stats aren't pretty and i think there's some other schematical stuff or you know qb runs that are kind of affecting that 33 carries 120 yards 3.6 yards per carry but again i thought the offensive line played really well um and and for some of the struggles that the offense had, um, you know, I'll say really well based on who their opponent was. AJ Epenesa, that's a guy who's probably going to be a first round pick, maybe a second round pick. On the other side of the ball, Alaric Jackson, Tristan Wirfs, those are two NFL caliber offensive tackles. And you know, you saw what the stats are: eight sacks in the day, thirteen tackles for loss. Physic like if last week was a test of Michigan's ability to bounce back and what their fight was. This was going to be their test of how do they respond when they get punched in the mouth in another bar fight. Didn't go well at Wisconsin a couple weeks ago. It went very well this week, and I think that you can be pretty encouraged walking away from what you saw on that side of the ball. A couple other odds and ends takeaways. We talked about how Pay got hurt in the game. I thought Mike, Dania, Mike Dana did a pretty good job coming in and filling in for him. Uh, Levert Hill, you know, it's been up and down for him at times this year, but you saw how important he is and what the type of playmaking ability he brings to the defense with that interception deep in uh, scoring territory. Uh, special teams, you kind of hit on it. Um, this was kind of the more out of left field. Uh, and they won't, when I do position grades on Sunday, they won't have high marks. But it's kind of unusual for a Chris Partridge coach unit to not to play as poorly as they did on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, two missed field goals, Donovan Peoples Jones fumbles a kickoff return. Will Hart was booting punts into the end zone all day. It uh, just wasn't uh, wasn't sharp, but that feels more like an anomaly than than some of the other things. So, uh, as far as odds and ends takeaways go, uh, I got to be honest. I, I think overall, um, when we're talking about the positives, and we will, you know, we'll talk about the negatives here. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter one because I don't think we have quite as much to talk about uh, because it was a low-scoring game. Uh, but we will we will discuss the offense and things like that. But before we do that. While I have the opportunity to, we're going to take a quick break.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash block M to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash block M.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons.
2: And we are back here on the Michigan Football Post Game Reaction Podcast. Here on Mason & Brew, I'm Anthony Broom, along with Trevor Woods, as we're recording from the Big House, high above Michigan Stadium right now. So we talked about the positives in the game and what we saw. And I think this one might be a little bit more of a conversation. This is the negative, and this is the glaring negative. Right now, I'll just you just kind of have to come out and say it. Michigan has, through five games, through six weeks of football, through... That plus fall camp, I can safely say that right now Michigan has a quarterback problem.
3: Yeah, uh, the quarterback play needs to get better. Jim Harbaugh said today that he thought Jay Patterson managed the game well and was ah, taking <laughs> was taking what uh, the defense gave him. But uh, here's the bottom line, folks: is there's a lot of good offenses in the country. And there's some good offenses in the Big Ten. And against Penn State specifically, and the juggernaut it looks like, once again, Ohio State, gotta score a lot of points. You cannot rely on a defense no matter how good it is. I mean, look at even the national championship games we see. Usually they're high scoring and the offense gets their licks in. So with that said, Shea Patterson has to do a better job. I believe he knows it, but
2: uh, he, there's a difference between knowing it and being capable of fixing it, you know what I
3: mean? 100%, Anthony, 100%. And that's there lies the issue and the question. Can he get better? We have a pretty large sample size now, 14 and 26 today, 147 yards. Uh, if you just had a stop watch on Patterson, play after play, the – Pass protection was pretty good today on average. They were giving him ample time to operate, and Patterson continued to hold on to the ball. Past three seconds, was not diagnosing his reads and progressions quickly enough to get rid of the ball to an open man. Windows closed so quickly in college and the pros, and uh, just not seeing the field clearly enough in my opinion. And uh, it just makes me wonder about Dylan McCaffrey. Jim Harbaugh put McCaffrey in the game against Wisconsin uh, at the end of the second quarter and the start of the third. And with Michigan driving, as most of you know, McCaffrey suffered a brutal concussion. And uh, so here's my question. It's just this. If McCaffrey does not get that concussion, does he ride that game out at Wisconsin And does he remain the Michigan starting quarterback against Rutgers? I think that is a fair question. And and now McCaffrey's been out against Rutgers, out against Iowa. So I just wonder going forward, how that quarterback battle is going to shake out. uh, How short of a leash does Patterson have? I know Harbaugh says that the offense is hitting their stride, and I would agree only from the offensive line standpoint. They're starting to hit their stride. Not the quarterback play, though. Quarterback play has to improve, or they're not going to win when it turns into an offensive shootout.
2: Yeah, here's here's my concern is that I think you're right. If McCaffrey doesn't get that concussion in that game, I think we're talking about, okay, we have three games now after that Wisconsin game where you're just looking to get rolling, get some momentum going into the Penn State game, going into Notre Dame that next week. Um, you know, Patterson... I I really do think there was a scenario in play where if McCaffrey was healthy, like that's Rutgers was the perfect time to get any quarterback's feet wet. And I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, jonesing to see Joe Milton right now. When you look at like two weeks ago, Joe Milton was the number three quarterback. And, um, you know, just because he threw a pretty touchdown pass against a traffic cone defense that Rutgers was trotting out there, that doesn't, mean that's the guy you go to. And I I get the skepticism there. Um you know the the problem with McCaffrey being out now is that you've kind of once he does get back, because I'm not sure if he did practice this week, obviously he didn't play, he didn't suit up. I assume if he didn't suit up, he didn't practice at all.
3: There's gonna be a level of rust.
2: There's gonna be some rust and he's gonna have to work himself back into it. If Mentally, he is yeah. so I almost feel like now if there's a quarterback change that's gonna happen one, the bottom is going to have to completely fall out for Shea Patterson. I mean, I'm talking the fumbles are back. The bad interceptions are back.
3: And he did throw a bad one today. He, he did. St- he stared down,
2: stared it down and totally. threw it right to them. But it almost feels like now like this is the bed that they, like, you, they won't make a quarterback. They probably aren't going to be able to make a quarterback change until they lose another football game or maybe lose another two more football games. Because, I mean, as good of a win as this is today – with what you got out of Shea Patterson and what what you got, um, and I want to say you know before I go there, let me say this: a lot of people are taking this as an opportunity to, you know, go back to bashing Josh Gaddis, which I think is warranted to a certain extent. Both sides of that equation, whether it be the quarterback, whether it be the coordinator, they're not doing enough to help each other out right now. Um, I think that people ask, well, what was the bigger problem today? Was it the the offense or was it Patterson? I think Patterson's inability to – I mean, he, he had 147 yards passing. 51 yards of that came on a chunk play to Nico Collins, which they never explored, never went to the rest of the game. And they say that Iowa took that away, but, you
3: know – got to create your own opportunities the, the way
2: that he's playing and, and the, his inability to maybe see things outside of his first read, um, you know, I, I who knows if that was there or not. I'd have to go back and look at the game because we only see things live before we do this, but um, – you know, I, I think their inability, and you saw some weird play calls towards the end of the first half. There was back-to-back plays where they ran, uh, I believe it was like a screen, or they ran Zach Charbonnet out of the Wildcat, which was a different wrinkle. And also, I think the first play of the game was speed was a speed option play, which we haven't seen that at all. Um, there was back-to-back plays where they run Charbonnet out of the Wildcat, and then, God, what was the next play? Was it a screen pass or, or something like? It was two kind of lackluster play calls on back-to-back. And then you said to me there was the drive where they were kind of backed up against their own end zone with a couple check down throws. Like they don't trust him right now. And when you don't trust your quarterback, you can't open up the playbook and chuck the ball down yeah, the field you, and, and you, do some of those things. You're not
3: inclined to be in aggressive.
2: You can't be aggressive if you, you can't even trust your quarterback to do make basic reads, to make basic throws, to make quick decisions. And and I know there was some, you know, I think it says a lot right now that I know we all saw some trick plays and things like that. I think it says a lot that at one point in this game, they were more willing to try Donovan Peoples Jones throwing the ball down the field, which didn't work. Uh, He didn't even, it was a minus nine yard rush. They trust more Donovan Peoples Jones more on a trick play to throw the ball down the field than they do their quarterback. I think that's pretty telling right now. Um, And all I'll keep saying is, you know, given this, I said I feel like I've been saying this all year now. If anyone is capable of pushing him for the job, if you want to see Joe Milton, Joe Milton says he wants to play more, he wants the ball more. He's got to like he needs to make them not put him on the field, or, or make make them put him on the field. I should say, if it because uh, I really do think the hesitance to make that quarterback switch right now is because I don't think we've seen enough game reps from any of those guys, and I don't think that the Shea Patterson mistakes have been pretty disappointing but the last few weeks they haven't like especially in this game I don't think they were like egregious and terrible and the bottom fell out like I said I think it was just a bad game with a lot of things that didn't that he didn't do well um but never at any point did he look like he totally lost control of the game you know what I mean um I think that's what it will kind of right now I think that's kind of what it will take for them Mm -hmm. to be a switch but If McCaffrey comes back and plays well in practice, if Milton continues to ascend and develop, maybe they're a little quicker to pull the trigger if they know that they can be comfortable with who's in there. And like you said, I think they've shown that they're comfortable with Dylan McCaffrey because they were trying to get both guys on the field at the same time because they thought they both were good. So um, I think if McCaffrey's healthy and there's no rust there, yeah, I think that if these struggles continue – you're probably inclined to see a change at some point. I think that they were maybe heading that direction after the Wisconsin game. Um, but, again, now it's there was a, some variables thrown in there that, throw that threw that plan off kilter. So now it's, you know, I think what you have is what you have, and you have to kind of rely on improvement from within.
3: Yeah, a couple things on that. Now Patterson said that sometimes you're going to have games like this, basically just a dogfight, low-scoring game. But what I'd say to that is, and I said this to you in the booth, is I'd equate it to baseball to where you have a good pitcher on the mound, and the pitcher being the Michigan defense, and uh, his team has a 2-1 to lead. Uh, your, your best bet is to score some more runs. Otherwise, you could end up getting burned in the eighth or ninth inning, and hey, that could have happened at any point in time today for Michigan. Luckily, their defense shut the door repeatedly. but you just you can't let teams hang around. You got to keep scoring points. and well,
2: here's 10 here's, points isn't going to cut it. Here's my fear is that now that we're seeing this defense start to ascend and get better and, and legitimately take a step forward after getting embarrassed at Wisconsin, I don't want this defense and an effort like today because they will probably have more efforts like this. I don't want that to be wasted like Michigan State has kind of wasted the defense they have at times. Um, that would be my biggest concern. Again, I, I think that uh, <clears throat> you know at this point, if we're just kind of moving into final thoughts and things like that, and I'm losing my voice here, but um, right now I think what today showed for sure, what Saturday showed for sure, is that this is not to me this is not a six and six or seven and five football team. I think right now this is an eight and four team, especially when you're getting the type of quarterback play that that you are. I think given what we've seen, um, that you know, being that Ohio State is as good as they are, being that you're breaking into new offense, and I think, you know, there's I think I still think there are things to build off of there. I really do. Um I don't want to say that you know going into the year and people pick this team to win the Big Ten and them not doing that, like I said, is not it's not acceptable. But I kind of feel like the magic number for them, after how this season has gone, to really salvage and feel positive about that maybe this offense is heading in the right direction and this program is heading in the right direction, I, think, I kind of think nine is that magic number, which right now you look at that schedule, um, to only lose two more games when you have games at Penn State Against Notre Dame, against Michigan State, against Ohio State, going two and two of those games seems pretty daunting right now. In fact, right now it kind of kind of feels like the one that they probably can get is Michigan State. Outside of that, I, I can't say that they're that things look good for them to win. I mean, Michigan State will be, come here and be ready to punch you in the mouth too. But you know, I still feel good that – I, I don't think this thing is going to bottom out like some people did where it's a 6-6 six and six team. But I still haven't seen anything to suggest that they're anything more than like an 8-win team, which is – I mean, I guess – how do they prove that from here? Next week, play a thorough and clean game on the road at Illinois. That show, Prove that you can do that on the road. I think it's important to get that experience before you worry about what comes next. And then, like I've been saying it all week and really since Wisconsin – in order to feel good about even just give yourself a chance this year, you had to win these three games. They've won two of them now. They need to go get the one next week at Illinois, which they should be able to. And then you have to be Penn State on the road. And then from there, um, maybe we can start talking about a team that's turned it around. I'm not quite there yet. I think that the arrow is still slowly creeping upward a little bit. I, I think they're an 8-4 and four team. That would still be a disappointment. And I think there's still a lot of work to do And whether it comes via a quarterback change or just figuring out what the hell it is you are offensively. I, I, I'm not going to mince words. That Today was a shit show, period, from your quarterback, from your you know, the play calling kind of spiraled out of control at times from there. And I don't even really have a huge issue with how the game was called. It's just top to bottom, just not good enough. Um, and Jim Harbaugh can say that, uh, you know, they're they're pleased with what the direction is, and I get that this is always going to be a low-scoring game, but um, I, I doubt he truly believes that this is good enough. And, you know, you just hope they can put together another good week of practice, and, you know, they, they know they can win slugfests now, which is an important step for them. Um, remember, this is still a young group in a lot of ways, and they're still kind of learning it after losing a lot of star power. And I think it's encouraging that we're seeing that star power, on especially on the defensive side of the ball, start to emerge. But... Um, I don't know how they fix what their offensive problems are, and I don't know if they can.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, yeah, you said Harbaugh mentioned, you know, the offense is hitting their stride and all that. He also said that Patterson managed the game well, but here's the deal. It's, it's not true. Yeah, but but <laughs> even if he did, okay, let's say he did manage the game well, Michigan doesn't need a quarterback who's managing games. If they're going to win the Big Ten Championship, and heading into today, Michigan was the only team in the country that had five games left against top 25 ranked teams. So uh, that's a big stat, one of the toughest schedules the rest of the way. They need a quarterback who's not going to just manage a game effectively effectively. They need a quarterback who from the first down is ready to put that game away before halftime. An aggressive quarterback who is the field general, who's barking orders, and just aggressive all around with his demeanor and his on-field performance. And Patterson needs to get it going in a hurry in that regard, if not, hey, Jim Harbaugh has said that Dylan McCaffrey has the it factor, leads the team on drives and practice two-minute drill-wise. They go down and score. Uh, Says he loves Dylan McCaffrey. Said before the season, you know, that uh, he could redefine what a starting quarterback is. So uh, I still think we might see more Dylan McCaffrey, but at the same time, I'm not going to hold my breath at this point. Uh, I do think he provides a lot more upside, though. So... Maybe if Michigan is going to ultimately get to where they need to be and pull off some crazy win against Ohio State, I don't know. It might be time to turn things over to decaf if Shea
2: does not improve against Illinois. So I'll be honest, like, what's it going to take? Is it, will it be, I don't know. Will it be a loss that forces a quarterback change? Could be. I think it is. And And not, I guess, mathematically another loss they wouldn't be – out of it but with as good as Ohio State is yeah you have two losses you're, you're as good as out of it so um, I would hate just like 2017 it seemed like they made that switch to Brandon Peters just a smidge too late I would really hate for subpar quarterback play to hold you back from being, like, a 10-win football team.
3: Yeah. And what also annoys me real quick is, like, the the quarterback's position shouldn't be some sacred cow that divides the locker room. There are so many positions on a football team, and when we talk about those positions and say, hey, you know, Hill or McGrone or or whoever, they're playing good, maybe they should get some more reps. Well, n- nobody really says, well, hey, you can't do that, or it, it doesn't become some big controversy, so... Uh, I don't see why it should when we're talking about quarterback play and saying, hey, maybe this quarterback could do a better job. So I talk about it in the same vein as any position. And uh, we'll see if Harbaugh and company feel the same way.
2: Yeah, and I think it's, like I said, it would be a real shame to just, if you're going to get efforts like this out of your quarterback, mm-hmm. and, yeah, mind you, you still maybe win the game. I'd rather it be with someone I know will benefit from those snaps and can improve from it. I think Shea Patterson is his ceiling. I don't, you know, he's a senior. I don't know if it gets better than this for him. So if it's going to, if you're going to struggle at quarterback and still find a way to pull out wins, I'd rather it be with an investment in the future. So I think it's kind of where things stand overall. I know that's kind of the longer part of our discussion coming out of this game, but overall, I think that a lot of people, you know, people were scared they lose this game. And honestly, I never really felt it was in doubt, other than um, maybe asking your defense to do a little bit too much as the game went on. But you know, f- you know, physically held up stood up to the challenge on both sides of the ball. Um, defense, I mean, really clearly, I th- was a big step forward today. Um, you know, I was, I was maybe not an offensive juggernaut, maybe not quite as good as Wisconsin will be, uh, despite what metrics may say or things like that. But um, to hold a team to, and I know it's not fair that quarterback sacks are counted in this, but to hold a team to, that was rushing for, I think, 217 yards per game to 30 rushes for one yard, um, can't say anything more positive about that effort overall. And Like I said, it's mostly positives. Uh, the biggest negative is the black cloud over this team right now, and it's the biggest concern we've seen through five football games, and it's something that I don't know if at this point they can get addressed. So, um We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, encouraging effort. They pulled out a win over a top 15 team. For now, the Jim Harbaugh era uh, is is not off the rails like some of the pundits thought it would be if they'd lose this game. So, um, Trevor, you want to let the know people let the people. I can't talk. Okay, Trevor, would you like to let the people know where they can find you before we close out?
3: Online, anyway. Uh, sure. Twitter at
2: WoodsFootball. Yeah, if you're looking for him, he'll be on a train back to Indiana after the games. So. Great. See you then, <laughs> fans. He'll be home before you guys hear this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony AnthonyTBroom. Follow website at MasonBrew Brew on Twitter. Like us on Instagram, Facebook, uh Brew Podcast, wherever you get your shows, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. We're on Megaphone. We're on the website. Uh, so you can follow us up uh, there as well. Get all of your shows sent right to your pocket. Leave us a good review. And, uh, yeah, any feed, all feedback is good feedback. So, uh, again, final thoughts. Never apologize for a win. You'll take a 10-3 bar fight. Uh, you know, like I said, you never, ever apologize for a win. And sometimes they're not always pretty. But um, this is a game they could have lost and they didn't. So, hats off to Michigan. Uh, Michigan heads to Illinois next week. Working on having Trevor there for the game. We'll see what happens with uh, credentials. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. So, thanks for listening.